0: sports professor rick Haro, and we are keeping score a busy busy week even more so every week major league baseball crescendo obviously soccer big all over the world football in the u.s reaches the quarter season nhl nba pretty darn close and other sports following close behind so let's look at all of our deals three to one First, number three, Indianapolis, the center of the golf world as the LPGA Indie Women in Tech Tournament and Educational Program unfolds this week. The 2019 IWIT Field consists of seven out of the top 10 LPGA Tour money leaders and 17 Solheim Cup leaders. Also, numerous activities during IWIT Championship Week focusing on women and children in technology. The Indie Women in Tech Summit comprises over 600 tech leaders in the community coming together to discuss diversity and inclusion in the workplace, with a session featuring LPGA Tour Pro Mariah Stackhouse and LPGA Chief Brand and Communications Officer Roberta Bowman. Tournament Week also features the Eureka Exchange a fun and engaging area where kids can interact and have fun with hands-on tech activities curated by industry experts. Finally, Next Tech's Pathway to Tech, presented by St. Joseph's College, allows 200 high school students to learn about the different pathways to tech careers. A fun experience at the iconic Indianapolis Motor Speedway Pagoda, providing an opportunity for the next generation of STEM and tech leaders to interact with indie tech companies and professionals, and a model created not just for the U.S., but all over the world. That's number three. Number two, IndyCar headed into its season finale at WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca with a 10% increase in linear TV viewership and attendance jumps at half the races this year. The first year of NBC Sports' full-season media rights pact with IndyCar had a new title sponsor in Japanese tech company NTT. And according to the Sports Business Daily, Holman & Company CEO Mark Miles believes the series had a good year when looking at key performance indicators, in addition to being a terrific year on the track. The two biggest things commercially were NTT as a series entitlement partner, and we're very happy with that. Then NBC, we think they did a great job, Miles said. Season finale held at Laguna Seca this year after the series dropped Sonoma Raceway from its schedule. Joseph Newgarden was crowned IndyCar champion as Colton Herta won at Laguna Seca. Obviously, it's not Formula One, but is huge in the United States and most important for everybody getting bigger. That's number two. Number one, digital media rights will be the key driver for the growth of the sports industry over the next five years. PricewaterhouseCoopers survey talks about the growth in that sector up 9.7%. While the PwC paper, Enthusiastic on the Unrealized Potential of Digital, does cast doubts as to whether sports organizations can benefit from online growth, which concerns the major technology firms, and will they instead be the ones, those firms, to reap the benefits as both gatekeepers and producers of content? Also a factor, according to this study, the much lower growth rates seen across traditional media streams estimated to be at no more than 4.1% during the same period. Overall, the paper does paint a positive picture of the overall sports market, predicting the industry to grow at a healthy annual rate of 6.4% over the next three to five years. Below the 7.4% growth in the past three to five, the industry, though, insists, and the study backs it, that the growth remains robust. And that's number one. Well, digital media provides an interesting segue into our guest. Our guest has experience in college football, and for those globally, the revenues for college teams are pretty significant. The top 11 all have revenues of over $100 million. Texas A&M, Texas, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Auburn, LSU, Florida, Tennessee. Even those who aren't in the U.S. know those brands, but it's more than that because it's the intersection of digital, which we just talked about, and major corporate support, which it never had before. Bo Heiner is the senior vice president of marketing and events for Octagon, one of the most distinguished leaders and deal makers in college athletics, but also corporately. Home Depot, Delta Airlines, Piedmont Healthcare, Georgia Power, for example. He worked at Turner and Delta before joining Octagon, named as the Sports Ju- Business Journal's 2008. 19 college sports power player on that list more than just college Bo gives us perspective on brand building corporate support digital media and the like I give you Bo Heiner
1: sports professor Ricardo in the boardroom beyond the scoreboard it's that time of year again we're into it but it's the fall leaves turn upsets happen pigeons play also Rams. And the bottom line is, the pro football and college football is clearly the juggernaut. It's caused the golf season to be moved. It causes people to lock themselves in man caves for hours and hours, maybe women caves now. And clearly, just to give you an idea, there is branding that's done by uh, 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 Forbes and others to talk about the most valuable teams as if they were pro. Texas A&M up at the top and they were talking about revenue at $150 million, and the brand value is significant. You now have many, many indications to uh, find out what the future of college football is. We got the best, recognized as one of the most distinguished leaders and deal makers in the business of college athletics, Bo Heiner, Senior Vice President of Marketing and Events of of Octagon. He runs the Atlanta-based office and oversees a team of 12 employees who manage the agency's efforts in college football, Born and raised in Atlanta. He worked at Turner and Delta before joining Octagon 14 years ago. Bo, how are you? 14 years? Yes, indeed. Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Good morning. Well, so you obviously have taken the expertise to another level. Thank you. It is a beautiful day, and that means only one thing. College football, uh, you know, the NCAA continued to grow attendance and viewership and bring in fans year over year for decades, and and, and how has the growth from your perspective and the consistency helped retain and attract new, new sponsors, new corporate partners?
2: Well, I think you nailed it. I think that all of those performance indicators from television viewership to engagement numbers to social media uh, fans following recruiting, college football has become a full year-round uh, following and passion point. And I think that for brands, for sponsors, that is a obvious attraction. So the challenge for those brands is how do you plug in? How do you uh, find your your niche? how do you find your your window to uh, be relevant to a college football fan? And you know with all of the multiple points of entry, which we'll touch on uh, perhaps a bit later, I think that the growth, is exponentially why brands are investing millions of dollars in, in the sport of college football. It, it is interesting because attendance, as you're probably aware, has actually seen some dips over the past several years. Uh, we've seen some interesting trends that are going to be uh, tested, I think, specifically in the upcoming college football season for things like alcohol sales. Well, alcohol sales at stadiums actually turn the negative trend or the, the slight dips in attendance to a positive for a number of the stadiums and schools that have seen some of that that negative attendance. I think, though, it, it's, it's nominal in the grand scheme of things. I think if you're talking about, you know, 70,000 people at a college football game, it's still a highly captive audience that sponsors and brands are keenly interested in trying to engage with.
1: Well, let's follow up with that for a minute because you certainly have the perspective for the experience so 14 years at octagon but delta before that as we said and turner before that so you have the television side covered, the agency side and obviously the corporate side a unique perspective given that even if attendance dips but we have better ways of measuring fan avidity we also understand that college sports is unique to versus other sports because of the the avidity and the support of alum for their base. We talk about bases now in everything, but fan bases are really important as well. As you, in your prior life, make corporate marketing and activation decisions, how important are those positives that college football brings to the table?
2: Uh, They're critically important, Uh, in fact, You know, Octagon, this goes way back. Uh, We used to have and still have uh, a research platform called Passion Drivers, and the major driver of college athletics and college football passion is team devotion, Uh, more specifically school devotion. I went to University of Virginia. I bleed orange. I follow University of Virginia football. They struggle. Uh, better, Better stated, I follow University of Virginia basketball. But, uh, when are they going to have a
1: good basketball team? I mean, you know, Virginia, we've been waiting so long for them to play. Oh, sorry. Congratulations, by the way. No, absolutely. No, it was a landmark year.
2: Uh, what a great experience. They have a great coach. Football, on the other hand, has struggled. And, you know, that's that's a microcosm of, I think, the fan passion that still resonates around a University of Virginia football program uh, year in and year out, Hope Springs Eternal, as you started saying at the outset, You know, the, the leaves turn, fans get excited about college football. This could be the year all those dynamics in play also make collegiate athlete, athletics unique. That connectivity that alumni have with their respective universities, whether it's Miami, Georgia, Virginia, Penn State, Michigan, UCLA, Those uh, affinities run super deep. And, again, going back to brands and sponsors, how do you connect to that? And being able to offer experiences, being able to offer access, being able to uh, create content around coaches, tactical things like that can help bridge that gap between a brand and a sponsor and that college football fan base
1: let's not leave the act we'll, we'll defer the activations for a minute but i don't want to leave the measurement issue uh friends like mark lazarus from nbc and others say that the most uh challenging issue over the next few years for uh, tv and i would say anybody sponsorship as it relates to it is how to define and quantify and measure uh, device watching uh not only ott but How do you come up with an apples-to-apples viewership perspective? And I assume that hits home with your clients like Home Depot and Delta Airlines and Piedmont Healthcare and Georgia Power, all the guys that you deal with, because anecdotally, you can always say that the college football fan base is incredibly avid. But A, how do you measure it? And I know you alluded to it a minute ago. And B, how do you transcend the – um, Madison Avenue malaise where if it's not on, t- on it's, if it's not on TV, we have difficulty counting it.
2: Well, that is the the question, and I think that you know we have over the years developed some mechanisms and some methodologies that allow us to uh, measure the success of, of sponsorships, um, and in this particular case, college football activations. I, I think that. It really requires the pre planning, uh, interacting, collaborating with your client, the sponsor, the brand to determine what they want to measure. A lot of times they don't know, uh, which is an interesting dynamic. So, having that input at the very outset of understanding that it is social media and that we are trying to track views if we are creating content, Uh, things like attendance, things like Uh, Fan engagement at an experiential program, whether it's a a photo share, whether it's a like, whether it's a view, whether it's time spent. There certainly are metrics, and a lot of that has come out of social media, as you know, uh, and the digital media. The traditional media is like the television. You know, we do depend on, on Nielsen ratings and things of that nature which are obviously highly, highly relevant and the biggest bucket of impressions that you're gonna get. So uh, I think from our perspective, it's determining what the client objectives are and then looking to either find established uh, research sources to check the boxes against those particular uh, objectives or finding new ones. So it may be that we're creating proprietary research for some of our clients we are, as we speak, going to go to market with some direct-to-consumer research, asking them you know, who is the uh, home improvement sponsor of uh, college football, uh, who is the, uh, the utility sponsor, the electric sponsor of the University of Georgia. And doing that proprietary research gives us a, a great baseline to uh, determine the success, if awareness, for example, is one of the key objectives for that particular brand's initiative.
1: Well, and you guys at Octagon, obviously, you have, you're have you an industry leader in measurement and analytics, but you're also an industry leader in brand building. The Home Depot partnership with ESPN and Game Day has spanned decades. And so, for example, how has the Home Depot been able to keep the campaign fresh and exciting for fans after so many years? You guys collaborate in a way that's really transcended. You can get a guy, no matter who it is, putting on – a mascot head only so often, but now it's the point of TV. How do you do it?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. No, it's, it's so true that that uh, climax moment at the end of, of college game day is iconic with uh, Coach Corso putting on the mascot head, and, and that is somewhat timeless. You're right. But to your point, how do we keep it fresh? And, you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, for us, that is not a six-month project. That is a 12-month project. And we are looking in the off-season at what we did well, uh, what we can improve on, what we can enhance, paying attention to new technology. Um, it is such a multifaceted platform for Home Depot around ESPN College Game Day that you're looking not only on air, what can we do on air to enhance the brand recognition. We do work with some of the on-air valuation methodologies. We, we work with a, a company called Futures, and they actually do the on-air valuation work, and that gives us a lot of insight as to, you know, minutia like logo placement and signage placement and the like. But when we go on site, we're looking at it through a different lens. How are we going to engage the fans that are, the thousands of fans that are attending a college game day broadcast on that campus. Um, Over the years, we've always challenged ourselves to try to extend it beyond that uh, three-hour pregame television show on a Saturday morning. So we've um, added and layered in Friday campus programming. We have a, a campus cornhole tournament that we've partnered with Coke, another game day sponsor. We're doing some new on-site fan engagement around some 360 photo technology, photo photo capture, photo sharing. We're uh, trying to – we have um, separate agreements with all the talent uh, on College Game Day. We try to leverage their social media channels. We try to create content with them. So absolutely not looking to rest on our laurels. We're very much focused on trying to do it better, better, better every year. Um, When it's a super – successful TV franchise. Uh, So I would say that we don't want to get complacent. We're looking for new things to do all the time to keep it fresh.
1: One more case study for you. You know, PlayStation and ESPN, they announced the news about the PlayStation Player Impact Rating Tool, and it's obviously great for fans. It's a good example of brands filling a void by creatively getting their product in front of consumers. So with media consumption habits changing, you just talked about it daily, and younger demos having shorter and shorter attention spans in the seconds now, will we see more types of these branding opportunities moving forward in television and in the, on, on devices as well as sports generally?
2: Absolutely. I think we will continue to see this. I think that the PlayStation player impact rating is – really unique. It actually came out of a brainstorm that we staged in our office here. It it got massaged and evolved, and um, it's great to see those types of new ideas actually come to life on air uh, with one of our clients. So that particular tool um, is designed to attract a younger uh, college football fan, uh, one that is likely a gamer, one that is interested in all of the stats and facts and data associated with, with college football. So to your question, 100%, uh, we have to stay focused on the younger fan, uh, cultivating new fans when there are so many different media outlets and media options, whether it is eSports and gaming, uh, how can we get them to pay more attention to college football in this particular case is, a, is very much an uh, objective that we would have. And our clients have alike. So um, absolutely always looking to test different things and look for ways to uh, engage with different target audiences.
1: Awesome. Bo Heiner, one more kind of crystal ball question, uh, mainly for other people in other contexts, but pay for play, um, athlete eligibility, uh, one and done in, in, in basketball, you know, all of those issues that have to be dealt with. From a broader perspective, five years from now, where is college sports generally and college football specifically? You're in the weeds daily. Uh, I assume you wouldn't be unless you were bullish bullish on the sport. But agree or disagree with me and tell me why. Very much bullish on college athletics, first and foremost,
2: I think that, you know, going back to one of the original points, that team devotion, that school devotion is not going to wane. Uh, I think that it is an interesting time in college athletics with eligibility, with student athleticism, with all of those dynamics. Um, I look at something like the college football playoff. For me, that's been hugely successful. It's been probably one of the biggest impacts on college football fandom, just creating more chatter, more dialogue, more interest um, around college football, the TV ratings, the sponsorship investments speak to that, um, clearly, but I also look at the success of something like that. And me as somewhat of a traditionalist as a fan, I don't want to see expansion of college football playoffs. Me as a fan, I don't want to see, uh, student athletes being paid. Um, however, I am a little troubled when I see one and done. Um, again, as a traditionalist and more as a fan, less as a business person in, in, in the sport of business. That troubles me a little bit just because I think that the college experience is so important. But it, it's hard to take away a multimillion-dollar paycheck from an 18-, 19-year-old who can go play in the NBA. Um, we're seeing that trend. That trend is going to continue. Um, I think it is a um, – a serious issue that the NCAA um, and the professional leagues will continue to grapple with five years from now. I think the collegiate athlete athletics will remain extremely healthy.
1: Quick question for you. What do you think of the Tony, the tiger sun bowl in El Paso? Are you going to go, <laughs> I
2: probably will not go, but I think it's, it's great. I think it's brilliant. I think it's this smart entitlement of a ball game. Uh, I look at, You know, the new AFLAC campaign with with Coach Saban. uh, You know, Coors Light just announced joining College Game Day. There's some interesting trends out there, and I think that uh, speaking to one of the themes that we've discussed, they're creative. It's a new creative way for uh, brands to drive awareness, to drive engagement around college football in this particular case that I think is is solid. I think it's great.
1: So uh, around college football playoff time, we're going to do this again. Will you give me another few minutes uh, at, at that time to kind of recap the football season on and off the field? Absolutely.
2: I would love to. University right, of Virginia will really not be playing. I can make that prediction today.
1: Well, listen, for you guys, you got the smarts. You got the basketball. Just leave it at that. Ricardo, speak with you soon.
0: Interesting perspective, ladies and gentlemen, about how an entire sector can grow on the heels of digital as well as corporate and other major commitments today and in the future. Let's look at our top tech issues in our Tech Business Minute. Sports media company Whistle and the digital content studio Otro have announced a multi-year commercial partnership. Variety says the two companies will collaborate on programming strategy, co-creating premium original content, developing experiential activations. They'll work together on the development and monetization of content. They got some big names, Otro does. Beckham, Messi, Messi. Zinedine Zidane, Zidane, Neymar Jr., and the like. And their platform is to deliver player-made content directly to fans, a concept catching on quickly in the podcasting world, by the way the NFL and Facebook expanding their content deal and another tech issue. 22 million people watched at least a minute of NFL recap on Facebook over the last couple of years. 28% of those views coming from outside the U.S., showing the global growth of the sport and this as a device. That's very important. They'll focus on games and tentpole events, such as Pro Bowl, NFL Scouting Combine, NFL Draft, And in addition to game recaps, the NFL will utilize Facebook Watch for distribution of a vast array of unique content, all of which makes the NFL a more dynamic digital process. Back to digital again, for obvious reasons, and that's your Sports Tech Minute. Finally, philanthropy, the power of Sports Minute. Procter and Gamble buys 9,000 tickets to support equal pay for women. The Consumer Goods Corporation's secret deodorant spends 200 grand to buy those tickets to the National Women's Soccer League games in September and October as part of the brand's growing effort to support equal pay. The effort follows an ad secret launched in March promoting equal pay for the U.S. women's national soccer team and a $530,000 donation split across 23 players in July after those players won the Women's World Cup. Brands have been backing women's sports, which have also seen a resurgence of interest in broadcast time Thanks to digital platforms. And finally, Colin Kaepernick, enshrined as a diamond necklace piece, auctioned off for charity. According to TMZ, Moses, the jeweler in New York City, created the piece of Kaepernick and took him a year to complete. 90000 to make. 18-karat yellow gold. The jewelry is a replication of the famous moment when Kaepernick first began kneeling for the national anthem as a member of the 49ers back in 2016. And all of the proceeds from the piece will be donated directly to Kaepernick's Know Your Rights Camp, an organization that preaches equality for all. Bidding for the piece starts in a couple of weeks, with the starting price being set at 90 grand, with the potential to draw in even greater numbers. Come on, everybody. It's a bid on this. It's for charity. (laughs) Well, that's it for today. We'd like to thank all of our folks for putting this together. We would like to thank Bo Heiner for giving his perspective on college sports in the U.S., but also marketing digital corporate globally. We'd like to thank you all for listening and watching. And Join us next week when we continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Waddick. Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital, I'm Ricaro. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.